my name is Carrie Stevens, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Allison Warner. We are the co-chief editors of Plastic Surgery Practice. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Today, we are joined by Dr. Alex Zerarian to discuss the ethics of plastic surgery. It's a topic he recently covered in an article for PSP. Dr. Zerarian is the founder of Zuri Plastic Surgery in Miami, where he specializes in aesthetic procedures of the face and body, including the facelift, eyelid surgery, rhinoplasty, breast augmentation, breast reduction, abdominoplasty, liposuction, and the Brazilian butt lift. Dr. Zerarian, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you f uh, for always having me on. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. We love to have you on. So, you know, let's be honest. There's a lot of media coverage these days about trends and procedures that raise some ethical questions within the plastic surgery field. What's your take on where we are? Yeah, I think it's uh, quite disturbing where we are uh, nowadays with the uh, with plastic surgery and with what's happened on social media. Um, you know, I particularly have seen uh, some very disturbing images um, that have come across my my feed on whatever platform you want to name. Uh, you know, not to single out a particular platform, but you know the the Instagrams and the TikToks are probably highest on the list that most people are viewing nowadays, especially the younger generations. Uh, that are really uh, heavily on TikTok more than anything else. Um, so yeah, they're, they're getting a lot of images that are altered. They're getting images that are airbrushed. They're getting images that, um, you know, that are supposed celebrity results, but, you know, they've been, they've been changed or modified, um, you know, on social media. So it is very scary. It's very alarming. It's very concerning, um, you know, what's happening uh, in that realm. Do you think that there are um, specific procedures that kind of raise some ethical questions? And maybe that ties into that social media question, you know, patients coming to you, seeing, you know, these possibly fabricated results um, or hitting on some trend that they, you know, get captivated by on Instagram, TikTok, et cetera. Do you think that's at play here too? certain procedures? Oh, yeah, I think there are certain procedures that definitely are easier to manipulate Photoshop uh, to create a certain type of look and result. I mean, a, a quick one to discuss would be the BBL or the liposuction. Uh, you know, you can you, you know, it doesn't take much to alter on Photoshop, um, you know, the results. You can make someone's waist look smaller. Uh, you can make someone's buttock look larger. You can give them more of an hourglass. You can give them more hips. You can make their bellies look flatter. Um, and yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. It, it does happen, uh, especially in ultra competitive markets. You know, like I would say Beverly Hills, Manhattan, Miami. Uh, you could even say maybe Houston or Dallas. Um, you know, these are meccas of plastic surgery. And so it does happen, a, uh, you know, a lot where uh, you look at photos and you really question whether or not that is a true result. Well, and it seems like a lot of that is tied into these doctors wanting to promote themselves and be competitive. And so where's the line in terms of, you know, your ethical responsibility as a surgeon and then, you know, marketing your practice and marketing yourself as a doctor? Yeah. And part, and part of that really comes down to, you know, when, when you go and visit a board certified plastic surgeon by the American Board of Plastic Surgery, you are seeing a surgeon who's gone through all of the rigorous training that is required nationally uh, to become a board certified plastic surgeon. But it's not about his or her technique or how brilliant they are 
you know, with the science of plastic surgery or of medicine or how artistic they are with their surgical designs, but also what type of ethical behavior are, you know, do they, do they uh, embody? And uh, I will tell you from personal experience, having gone through the multi-step process of becoming board certified, you know, the, the American Board of Plastic Surgery is extraordinarily rigorous in its attempts to ensure that surgeons are ethical. And one of the ways they do that is they make you, as a, as a candidate to the board, they have you present all of the cases that you've performed within the last year, and they at random select cases from that list, and they uh, require you to produce a series of documentation related to, that sur to each surgery that they select at random. And then they, uh, they test you uh, orally on each one of those cases and they review all of your documentation for you know, ethical um, you know, uh, documentation, ethical billing, uh, how did you deal with certain types of complications, did you overcharge patients, did you, you, know, did you say you did things that you really didn't do. Um, so it, it, it really comes down, a lot of times uh, candidates don't pass, not because of how, you know, not because of their scientific background of, of how brilliant they are, it's just because they are involved in a lot of unethical uh, behavior. When you're a board certified plastic surgeon, you go through, you know, they review your cases for ethics, you know, so ethics is this broader issue of how patients are being billed, um, the care provi provided, and now we're getting to social media. Where do you, th do you think there needs to be a conversation within the profession, whether it be the board or at the, you know, when you're doing residencies or in medical school about where ethics lay today with with everything that's going on? Do you think there needs to be a new conversation or is there one? Yeah, I think I think the board is is uh, very much interested and, you know, and I don't speak on behalf of the board. I don't represent the board. But, you know, um, as a as a member and as a, a board certified surgeon, I know that there is a strong push to work on um, rules and regulations for social media. I think we've done a really good job uh, in the last probably 15 to 20 years on what is the websites. So having very specific content on your website that has to be approved by the board. Um, you know, you cannot, you know, you cannot use certain images without saying that they're, that they aren't models, for example, you have to be very careful uh, the content that you put forth on your website as being truthful, um, et cetera, et cetera. But the social media world is a whole other frontier. And the board, I know, is going through a lot of um, you know, growing pains with how to regulate board-certified plastic surgeons or board-eligible plastic surgeons on how to you know, somehow uh, you know, create ethical uh, guidelines and... Um, and how, and how to determine what is appropriate, what's not appropriate, you know, to put on social media. Your article also mentions the four guiding principles of ethics. Can you please list them and explain why plastic surgery should follow them? Yeah, so the four guiding principles, you know, they, they're really, uh, they come out of um, just medical ethics in general. It's not something that is particular to plastic surgery. And everybody who's listening, you know, a lot, I know a lot of physicians, a lot of colleagues, of mine listen to the podcast and um, you know autonomy is the first one and it's it's really uh, being transparent it's being a surgeon who provides information that's accurate that's truthful 
uh, to their patients so that their patients can make an autonomous decision on whether or not they want to proceed with a particular type of, of intervention. The second one is beneficence. It's basically you know, providing benefit to the patient by considering the most appropriate treatment options. So you want to provide a benefit to the surgeries that you perform for the patient. Um, that's the goal. The, you, know, you want to get them to look better or feel better, and uh, you know, that's critically important. The third one would be non-maleficence. Non-maleficence is basically trying to avoid risks and complications and trying to help the patient go through a, a successful surgery and employing techniques that you know are going to help reduce any type of complication post-surgery. That's basically the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm, essentially. And then the fourth one is justice, which is basically, you know, you want to give the patient, you know, high-quality services and resources available to them, um, you know, that is, is fair. You know, you don't want to overprice your surgeries. You don't want to, you know, you know, only reserve plastic surgery or treatments related to plastic surgery just to the wealthy or the elite, right? It should be available to the, you know, to the vast majority of patients. And, you know, those are the four guiding principles and, and that should help, you know, surgeons figure out how to act in certain situations. It also seems like, you know, uh, patient education or public education around, you know, looking for understanding the ethical requirements of a board certified or what a board certified plastic surgeon brings to the table in terms of those ethical issues versus someone who's not board certified, who is potentially doctoring photos and presenting you with an outcome that might not be feasible, realistic or feasible. Um, you know, so it's almost like there should be public education around uh, what, what the ethical responsibilities for a plastic surgeon is and board certified versus non-board certified. Because social media has yes. taken it a whole different direction. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. And it's almost like that fake news concept, whether you want to believe in that being real or not. But it's almost, um, you know, people are not stopping to look at the source of what they're actually viewing on their phones. They're just seeing before and after images coming at them, you know, at rapid pace. But they're not stopping to think, you know, where is this coming from? Is this an actual board certified plastic surgeon? Um, you know, are there any ethical, is there any ethical backing on what I'm looking at? Or am I just looking at random pictures that people are posting? Um, and, and, you know, in Florida, interestingly enough, um, to be the owner of a plastic surgery practice, you do not have to be a physician. Really? Um, and, right. and yes, whereas in Georgia, for example, in Georgia, you have to have majority ownership uh, has to be by an actual physician. Um, in Florida, it's exactly. And so that that that's a big deal, because in Florida, you know, you can be a, a used car salesman and you can open up a, uh, a clinic and um, there's no ethical guidelines there. There's no ethical principles being followed there in terms of your marketing and your advertising and the way that you, you position yourself in the market. So that's, I think, uh, very unfortunate, uh, although I love Florida. I think it is a phenomenal state. I wouldn't move anywhere else in the country personally. But um, it's it's uh, it's tough. It's tough down here. Because the onus is almost on the patients to figure out, OK, this is board certified. This is just, you know, Joe Schmo who set up a plastic surgery practice. So in your article, you wrote that plastic surgeons must be mothers of conscience. What exactly does that mean? I thought it was a really cool term, but. 
Yeah, so that comes from a neuroscientist, uh, Dr. Nascar, and you know, he basically said a doctor must be a clown at heart, a scientist at brain, and a mother at conscience. So I think that uh, when you talk about mothers having a certain type of conscience, I'm not saying that fathers don't because I'm a father myself, but um, I will say that uh, a, a mother does have a different angle or a different view um, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, their conscientiousness regarding, you know, their children and their family, et cetera, et cetera. And I think as a surgeon, you really have to have uh, a well-developed part of your brain that uh, focuses on, you know, on being motherly or having those types of qualities to you because, you know, it's important. It's important for the welfare of your patients. It's important for the success of your surgeries for your referrals that you get from other colleagues, um, you know, and, and the way that patients feel about the experience that they're having with you. And so it's not, it's not just about being brilliant and scientifically, you know, knowing all of the literature and all of the science, but you have to have a soft heart. You know, you have to have a sense of humor. Um, you have to go through life, you know, trying to help people the best way that you can and, and having that motherly instinct, you know, to also, which also means that sometimes you have to be tough and mothers, mothers can be very tough and, and they're only doing that because they want what is in the best interest of their children. And as physicians, we, we, we want what is in the best interest of our patients. And sometimes our patients want certain things that we're not in agreement with and is not, is, is not the best option for them. Um, and so you have to be able to have an honest conversation with your patients and let them know that you know, that's not a good idea. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Zerarian. Um, this was very informative as always. And to our listeners, be sure to check back on the MedCorp Podcast Network for the next episode of the Plastic Surgery Practice Podcast. And in the meantime, to catch up on the latest industry news, please check out plasticsurgerypractice.com. Until next time, take care. Thank you.